So Sophie and I decided to do a quick podcast episode on the rise and fall of FTX, which is all over the news right now. If you haven't heard about it, get out now. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, no, we're going to talk about FTX. We've been doing some chatting behind the scenes and um, there's been a lot of chat comparing it to Enron, which we'll kind of explain later. And um, it's had a pretty huge impact on crypto markets um in the last week or so not just um ftx and ftt but also bitcoin ethereum every, every major coin is well and miners to be honest is experiencing a big sell-off um mm. and so it's i think i think it's important to talk about it <laughs> so ftx was one of the world's largest exchanges um third largest to be exact and it was founded by a guy called sam bankman fried who was an MIT graduate, and he studied physics mm. and maths. His parents were Stanford professors, so this guy is clearly no dummy. And yeah. he was also a billionaire like by his mid-20s from founding this exchange and a successful hedge fund. And after the downfall of FTX, his net worth yeah. could be around zero. So it's a huge downfall. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty crazy. I think to give context as well, like uh, Sam Bankman fried as a figure was kind of the darling of the crypto industry. He testified in front of Congress. Um, he was now, I suppose, infamously, not famously, compared to Warren Buffett on, on the cover of Fortune magazine, um, which now seems a little you know, of an overestimation to say the least. I wonder um, how many people have been like called the next Warren Buffett and I know and they just fail. Such a buzzword, but poor Warren Buffett probably hates it. Yeah. <laughs> now he's compared to um frauds. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm sure that those comparisons will not continue to be made. But yes, it's it, it, it does kind of paint a picture of how easy it is to sway uh, buyers and to how we were talking about before, how easy it is for people to fall into the trap of investing something they don't understand in and um, how accounting tricks and magic that I don't understand and can be used to hide a company's true position. Um, But yeah, no, so... Maybe we should talk. Maybe you should backtrack a little bit and talk about FTX as a business. Um, did you want to do that, Keita, or <laughs> you want to throw me in the deep end with that? <laughs> I think FTX and like a crypto exchange is very simple. So you just like trade your dollars and for crypto, and you do that online. And that's a very it's like a very simple business model. They eat the exchange earns like a little fee of you know every exchange you make it's just it's the same as just having an airport exchange counter except it's online and so I think his business was like it's there's not much that can go wrong unless you know there's a hack or something yeah but then I think where things really failed is that some crypto exchanges they make their own currency as well and then they kind of build up the business based off this currency it's, yeah it's basically it's sort of hard to explain but it's pretty much 
accounting for? Like, I think it should be illegal. I'm not like, Sophie's a lawyer here. So maybe it'd be interesting <laughs> to get her opinion on that. But like, it's really sketchy. Yeah. Think, like, well, we were talking about this earlier. And so just to add to what you were saying, Keila, about FTT, which is the, uh, the, the token that's attached to FTX, um, there's a few things. So it, it was attractive for FTX users to use FTT because it reduced transaction fees. Um, and so it was kind of more desirable to use. Um, and I think you could stake with it as well. Um, but the interesting thing about that we were talking about earlier with a um, token and an exchange being in the same business is that you've got the centralized entity um, being FTX where you exchange fiat currency into crypto um and that is inherently centralized you can't like even though uh crypto itself is de- is mostly decentralized um there is no way of getting around that um in the way that our system works now but having a token which claims to be decentralized and adheres to all of these kind of crypto fundamentals kind of rings alarm bells in the sense that there's a bit of a uh, lack of separation of powers um so i mean of, of course it's lovely to say this in hindsight and thank god none of us were um in, investors or users of the exchange um but yes no um but oh so the demise <laughs> of <laughs> ftx kind of started um so with Coindesk kind of publishing an article questioning the liquidity of FTX and FTT because of some information that was leaked about another company that the founder of FTX owned, Alameda, um, mm. which was a hedge fund. Um, and there was a huge amount, I think, uh, I'm not sure what the total number is, um, but a huge amount of FTT was held in that hedge fund. So Coindesk basically pulled all of that to the to the surface and questioned its liquidity. And then in the following 24 hours, Binance sold off about 500 million of its holdings of FTT. And then in the following 72 hours, I've got this written down, um, there was 6 billion US dollars withdrawn from the FTX exchange. So that's colossal like that's an incredible amount of money to be moving so he really went from hero to zero (laughs) Sammy boy basically what happened like to summarize that there were like and correct me if I'm wrong so there were like two businesses that Sam owned one was FTX and one was Alameda Research Mm -hmm. and then like one had like a lot of this token that he created called FTT and kind of like doing some dodgy business dealings between those two companies and I also read online that like he kind of propped up FTT to be kind of like mm, a good currency to use like make it valuable just by Mm -hmm. doing exchanges between the two companies Mm -hmm. and and then an article came out like you said and then people lost confidence in that coin and started selling a ton of it. I mean, once people started selling a ton, then even more people started selling everything. And then, like, suddenly those two businesses no longer have the humongous value that they used to have. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And so as as a consequence of that huge sell-off, 
um, the American entity, because there are a few different um, FTX companies based in different jurisdictions. I know that we talked about um, the Bahamas. I think they even had, I'm not sure if they still had an entity in Hong Kong, um, but I think for regulatory purposes, they they'd shifted headquarters for a while. But anyway, so they had entities in the States, Australia, the Bahamas, as you mentioned. Um, so the States entity filed for a Chapter 11 bankruptcy, which basically is like the <laughs> beginning of the end. And mm. um, the as the companies in Australia went into voluntary administration, which essentially is the same thing, different words. Um, and there's a big banner on their website now saying, we strongly advise, it's big red banners, we strongly advise against any deposits and we will not be able to administer any withdrawals at this time. So that really is the nail in the coffin if you are a creditor, unfortunately, in FTX, um, which there will be a lot of sad faces out there, I can mention, the next few weeks in the crypto or months even in the crypto industry. Yeah. Well, hopefully, I think people, like someone said to me, like, did you use FTX? And I said, no. But like, even if I did, like an exchange is just an exchange. You should like move your money off the exchange. And so that like you... You do your business with them and then you move your crypto and then you're no longer associated with them at all. Mm. So like even if you did use FTX, people have used FTX, they a lot of people won't be like affected. I think it's like mostly the investors of FTX, like apparently the supermodel Giselle Bunchen. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, and she's just gone through her divorce. Yeah, and Tom Brady and like they held yeah ton of ftt and there were like like there's billboard there were billboards of giselle like promoting the exchange wow and like there were investors in in ftx and they're like lost a ton of their net worth now it's so insane hey no you make a really good point with in terms of um transferring your money off exchanges i i know so many people who have, who have lost money in liquidations in that in that re- in that sense but this is almost a double whammy in the sense that obviously they have the FTT as well. And you're right to say Giselle Bun- Bunchton, I I'm not sure how to say her last name, Larry David. I Googled it. I Googled her last name. I Googled how to pronounce it. <laughs> so wait, what? <laughs> Bunchen. Bunchen. Yeah. Giselle Bunchen. That's, very, that's, that's a very strong last name. <laughs> anyway, so they had her promoting it, Larry David. And it really is kind of an ethical wormhole having celebrities endorse coins and crypto and it it really just highlights the need for regulation in the industry I think it's pretty it's pretty unfair to emotionally charge an investment decision like that and I I don't believe that you can do that for for stocks and and that kind of thing like you would no way you would see that um in a traditional finance uh context so I mean, you could, but like, it's when people see like code and or just like trying to read transactions on the blockchain is not easy. No. And I think, but like other companies have done similar practices outside of crypto. Like Enron did it with like their normal business. There was like an oil business, mm. and and like you can just make some really complicated like legal paperwork or accounting paperwork and people are like oh okay I guess this makes sense looks correct right but they don't like really know and then because 
especially when the founders come from like prestigious universities or they're really well spoken or charismatic then people like just tend to trust them and be like yeah I'm sure they did they sure they did it right and so they just have like less accountability and that's why like such big companies can just fail mm, absolutely and it's hard I think because there's a lot of commercially sensitive information and, and as you say a lot of like accounting magic and legal magic that goes on to hide a lot of um the calm before the storm um there are it's like it's a tale as old as, uh, as old as time when it comes to traditional finance and now decentralized finance but um it's interesting that you bring up Enron because there's been a lot of comparison that's been drawn from Enron um to FTX and Enron was a uh a Wall Street darling um in the dot-com boom and their business model was incredibly convoluted like it was famous for being super super crazy and and then um, one of their um like company reports um, I think it was like in 1999, so like peak of the dot-com boom, they boasted about how uh, their company was so difficult to understand and how the, um, amazing their technology was. And um, basically they set up this really complex derivative system that their employees didn't really even understand, a lot of them. Um, and similarly to, um, to FTX, it kind of came out that, there wasn't actually much liquidity in the business. They had all the their um, value um, claimed to be in these derivative con- contracts, which I don't even want to get into because they're so complicated and, and they were kind of out of thin air. Um, my understanding is that they didn't really have any inherent value and none of that cash was going back into the business. And so you can start to draw those parallels between Enron and FTX. Mm-hmm. Um, and a similar thing, they filed for bankruptcy after a huge crash and a huge sell-off. And it just goes to show you that history really does repeat itself. We've been saying yeah. it again and again in this in this recording. But... I think it's like good to kind of draw. I, I'm glad in a way that there is a parallel in history, and there's probably multiple and if not hundreds. But like I'm glad because a lot of people are like, oh, this is why crypto is so dodgy. And it's like mm-hmm. this has happened and every other business in the world like this Mm. is just a different space and it's like it's a good learning lesson for people who are working in crypto to be like just you know we're not you know is it's still a business at the end of the day it's yeah normal humans running stuff totally totally and I think it is it is sad that it the negative press all, go, all goes back to the fact that it's crypto rather than it's a business. And crypto as an industry and blockchain as an industry really struggles because it is emerging and it is so under-regulated. And maybe if you're a diehard decentralization like queen, like you're scared <laughs> of regulation. But for things like centralized exchanges and bro- brokerages, whatever, regulation is so important. Um, and the lack of it has cause so many of these big meltdowns um ftx being the most recent example um so sophie's like for background sophie's now a queen of regulation she's like working (laughs) with the pros she just passed her final law exam oh well we don't know if i've passed maybe maybe passed (laughs) (laughs) manifesting a pass yeah we shall we shall see so like yeah, I, I'm 
I, I'm trusting what Sophie says about regulation now. <laughs> she's like, she's literally working with the pros now. Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's, I'm, I feel pretty lucky and learning a lot every day. Um, wouldn't, wouldn't call myself an expert on regulation quite yet, but it is something that intrigues me and <laughs> might not be the same for everyone. But, <laughs> I mean, it's great with something like crypto because you kind of get to, stand on the knife's edge and, and watch it roll out, which is it's, it's quite a unique ex- experience um, to be able to do something with an industry this big that is flying kind of free at the moment and slowly being restrained. And I think the thing about any like more broadly um, regulation sometimes does come as a re- reaction rather than a prophylactic because oftentimes we can't foresee or we uh, are negligent and don't foresee the risks of not having regulation that is robust. Um, and so my prediction with this FTX crash is that the regulations are going to be tightened, which is good for the industry as it gives some certainty. But I think also when you're regulating in uh, a reactive way and also on a bear market, which we're unfortunately in right now, and it's been exacerbated by the sell-off that FTX has caused, um, you do tend to get more stringent regulation um, as opposed to, if you're, I suppose, if you are um, regulating in a bull market, people are less worried, people are less fearful, so the regulation might come out and be a bit looser. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I do hope that this kind of gets um gets people's asses into gear or gets regulators asses into gear around the world and, and helps protect consumers because at the end of the day like billionaires losing billions is sad but then you've got little joe blogs investing her little money that she brings home at the end of the day and in, in crypto <clears throat> not understanding the risks and then losing it through an exchange collapsing it's pretty sad yeah it's it's sad when, especially, yeah, I, I could go on and on about <laughs> the level of sadness, but yeah, in short, yeah. we need regulation. Um, also, I wanted to bring up Sam because I mentioned to Soph, like, I literally stalked him a few months ago because <laughs> I read I read the financial news most days and I saw his name popping up over the last two years. His name kept popping up a lot. And almost like he became the representative of crypto and economy in the financial media. And given his age, and I'm I'm super young, so like no hate to young people, but like given his age, I think he got like a little bit too much exposure on like mm. such on issues when he was when you're talking about the economy. I mean, just the older you are, the more experienced you tend to be. And totally. as a like a twenty something year old, and giving, being so, rep, like being in the media so much was kind of strange. And I feel like the only reason that he got so much media attention was that he was a billionaire, mm-hmm. and and that he went to MIT. And I felt like that was something. It would just gave me some weird vibes and you know, female intuition. Yeah. <laughs> or see the bankruptcy. But like, yeah, just some weird vibes. And then there was like lots of articles about him, like about 
how he didn't care about money and wanted to donate his whole wealth to charity. And it was just like, hmm, strange. Those poor, poor charities. (laughs) They're not going to get any of their their money. And then then like in March and May, and when like Bitcoin fell significantly during those months, he started bailing out a ton of companies. And then the media started referring to him as like the crypto saviour. Mm. like crypto superhero you know saving the world kind of thing yeah and i think there's like texts of him and elon like he wanted to buy a stake in twitter he wanted to like help fund elon by twitter oh my god i feel like he was just like he was getting all his tentacles out there and like Mm. very ambitious and admirable in that way but also just a little strange yeah I wonder, I'm very cynical and I wonder whether people like that, I mean, I wonder whether his intention was to headline grab because if he was wanting to do that, that's the greatest way. I'm I'm giving all my money away to charity as a billionaire. I'm investing in Twitter when Elon's buying it, like bandwagoning onto anything that Elon's doing as a surefire way to get yourself to the front of the media, <laughs> the media yeah. mob. <laughs> yeah, I he really did not seem shy to the media at all. Also, like most people who are really obsessed with crypto, actually not most people, some people. The true, I think the true people who really love crypto, they kind of like to have a low profile because the whole attraction with crypto is like the anonymous, like kind of sort of being anonymous. And yeah, even like Satoshi is doesn't no one knows who Satoshi Nakamoto is. And to have someone who's on the media every day being called like the crypto superhero is just really. It's against the values, the ethos. Yeah. yeah. Against the like community vibe a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, absolutely. I agree. Actually, funny because the other day I was doing some research um, and I think a year or two ago now, the New Zealand government released um, like an inquiry into the like into cryptocurrency and what its future might be in New Zealand. And uh, obviously, when you, when anyone uh, when they when they release that report, they they uh, ask for submissions, um, and none other than Satoshi Nakamoto made a submission. Really? <laughs> I don't what? Know how they verified that it was him or her? Um, but. <laughs> It was so iconic. It was like, it was maybe a page long. And usually when people make submissions, it's like three or four pages plus. Um, Sometimes they're huge. Anyway, the length doesn't really matter, but it was one page. And at the end, there was just like such a zinger. It was um, um, the opportunities of this industry are limitless. And if you don't uh, understand that, I don't have the time to convince you. (laughs) And I was like, slay, slay queen, honestly. Honestly, I, I was I was blown away. Never yeah. fails to amaze me that entity that is Satoshi. <laughs> My fun fact of the day. Must be fun. Must be fun to have your job. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, no. I, I mean, actually, for context, I don't know if I've talked about it on here before. I've been, uh, we had Alison on a few weeks ago and um, I've been working with Alison in, in Blockchain New Zealand and kind of being her um, little helper and doing research here and there and um, have attended a couple of meetings with the legal working group, which is super exciting. And I feel like I've learned so much already. And 
honestly, a huge amount of imposter syndrome swinging with the big dogs, but mm. <laughs> that's all, that's the only way you're going to get better. So I'm yeah. super stoked about that. But anyway, I digress. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, should we talk, should we talk a bit more about the impacts of the crash? I know that we talked uh, earlier about the fact that the, re- the regulations are probably going to become more stringent or just emerge in general. Um, do you have any kind of inklings about what the impacts of this this, this crash is going to be, Heather? I think what's happening right now is, well, it's not I think, what is happening right now <laughs> is there's a sell-off in Bitcoin and like other companies are going bankrupt and, tr- and FTX and Alameda, which Sam owned, also own like a ton of other companies because they like bought a lot of bought a lot of companies and so they'll probably fail too. Um I think there'll yeah there'll just in general be a lot of crypto company failures. Bitcoin will go lower, Ethereum, the whole crypto ecosystem will be impacted. Mm. Is is being impacted right now currently. Yeah. And but I really don't think that it's go- like crypto is going to just disappear because of this because no. i think like this is exactly what happened in the internet boom where like tons of companies went bankrupt and all of this kind of happened and no one was like oh yeah the internet's gonna go away and um yeah and then you get like giants like facebook and amazon and we're all on the internet every day <laughs> Exactly. So I think I think this is just what ha- I think it's just necessary. Like we kind of need to go through like a purge period of all like the annoying people. <laughs> oh my <laughs> god, it's definitely been a purge this year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh. the purge. <laughs> yeah, ex- exactly. They should make a movie and probably the world's <laughs> most. I actually, would, I think it'll be interesting to ask, but maybe for most, like the world's most boring movie, like the crypto purge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god well get martin scorsese on the line we've got a we've got a new ticker for him (laughs) um but yeah no i think it's interesting as well like obviously um probably it's definitely it has been a big liquidity event for people who own crypto and yeah as you say not just for ftt the unfortunate case but for for bitcoin and ethereum um as well and the interesting thing to me is that exchanges trading volumes and like revenue will be up so much because even when you make a sale, they get they clip the ticket. Mm. Um, and so some exchanges will be super well from this. Like obviously the price the price of crypto and uh, of crypto Bitcoin Ethereum anything any coin you can think of is kind of taking a hit. And the other thing is that um, wherever there's a seller, there tends to be a buyer and as uh, the the context of this market is there's definitely a lot more sellers at the moment. But if you were, uh, I suppose, didn't mind taking a little bit of a risk and um, maybe didn't mind seeing your crypto dip a little bit more, it probably may be a good time to buy. I'm not financial advice. Mm-hmm. I'm just talking hypotheticals. But yeah, there's always a buyer in a seller's market and sometimes they do quite well. So. Yeah. If I had the cash right now and I wasn't going traveling, I'd probably dip my toe. Yeah, same. If I wasn't a student. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And being just coming off the back of being a student, still pop as. <laughs> yeah. 
and my unfortunate timing and investing in, in Bitcoin and Ethereum means that my current investments are dwindling <laughs> in the crypto space. But I, I think it's a it's a pretty shared experience <laughs> from what I can gather. Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. Just, I'm really excited. Like when I heard about FTX, I like I felt excitement because yeah. I think this is necessary and like just the fact that all of this is happening and I'm glad like some of the bad ones have been thrown out. Like I think it just mm-hmm. needs to happen. Yeah. And like, I'm glad that people are being scared. They're like, oh shit, like we need to be careful. And mm-hmm. I, I'm just like, I love this happening. I, I find it so exciting. I can't wait to see what comes up next. Yeah. And, and like if you, I think if you really like love crypto, like to the core of, like the ideals of around it mm-hmm. then just it's still so exciting like I'm still yeah. excited by it yeah absolutely it's definitely thrilling to kind of watch this happen I, I, I suppose in slow motion or maybe not in slow motion that's probably a bad term to use it's happened yeah. very very quickly I wish um, I used Twitter more like I wish I could just well I wish I even had a Twitter account because I could just like watch what's happening and just like refresh yeah. and then like, oh my God, FTX has gone bankrupt. Like, we'd literally get our news through Twitter. Yeah, real time. Real time. Although, God almighty, I, I'm already changed the notifications as it is. I think if I'd gone into Twitter, I'd be, um, I'd never leave the desk. I'd yeah. be sucked up in a world of never-ending news. We've found out about it now, so. Yeah. We're not, we're not creditors, thank goodness. But, um, yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, we've had Celsius, we've had FTX. What else has happened this year? There's been huge. Wasn't uh, it? Was it like Binance? Yeah, Luna. Well, that was it. Mm. Yeah, I swear there's another crypto exchange too that went. Yeah, I think I think there was too, but I, for the life of me, I, it's on the top of my tongue, but I can't remember. But... They all sound the same. They all have like real. <laughs> <laughs> it's real names. Yeah, ex- exactly. Like new age. Next one's gonna be Mars. I just like go yeah. to the planetary system <laughs> <laughs> to the moon <laughs> to Mars. Oh, well, not funny, but <laughs> it is it is fascinating um, to, to watch this all happen. Mm. Um, but oh, I think I don't know if we talked about it earlier, but Binance was initially gonna bail uh, FTX out, um, and they'd signed some sort of agreement which was non-binding to Binance. Um, we did we talk about this before? We talked about it before you started recording. Oh, okay. Well, I was like, I swear we did, but no, we should definitely talk about that. Binance was going to bail out FTX, um, and they had like a loose agreement that, um, but I think once Binance had done a bit of due diligence, and I can imagine that it probably wouldn't have been too much, <laughs> mm. um, with all the kind of, uh, I suppose contingent liabilities that the FTX was about to pick up it probably wouldn't have been the most prudent investment decision and um yeah they 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 decided not to so poor old Sam there has all his mates left him at the um left him in the dust <laughs> yeah wow. but that's the way things go you fall from grace exciting I should, <laughs> I should not be so happy about this Oh man! I mean, when you were so far removed from it, it's 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 yeah, it's fascinating to watch. But mm. I uh, think I actually do like get joy from financial crises, like the <laughs> amount of the amount of like 
books I read on like Mm. 2008 now I'm literally reading a book on anyone now like so that's total coincidence by the way oh my goodness and that's the female intuition right there (laughs) yeah there's just like I'm and then the crypto queen podcast I must mention it it's like a BBC podcast about Mm. the crypto queen and it's something that wasn't really talked about because it happened over many years but like basically she like stole billions of dollars through like this Ponzi scheme Mm. and it's so you like people who are listening to this need to listen to that podcast yeah absolutely it's and the way the bbc producers talk about it and they're they're just amazing storytellers so it's like enjoyable it's like watching a crime movie yeah really good we need to like head up the bbc for some like production tips (laughs) (laughs) and some cool like transition sounds here and there (laughs) oh my god i yeah that'd be so fun Well, I think the crypto queen, like, to me, is what Elizabeth Holmes wanted to be because she actually got away at the end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Elizabeth Holmes, maybe not so much, but... Oh, yeah. yeah, Elizabeth Holmes and then, like, there's Anna Dalvey, like, all these, like, kind of fraudsters. And I think I think the reason I, like, thrive off these crises is because I'm, like, so scared of it too. <laughs> Oh yeah, hundred percent. And like that's, I think that's such a shared fear with like everyone in the crypto industry, and that's why I suppose you don't overleverage yourself, and you only invest what you can afford to lose, um, because it is just inherently different from stock stock investing. And of course, the same rules apply, but here it's it's way more of like a like a cow like what do they call it like a um, like a cowboys world I don't know you're out on your own (laughs) the wild west it's the wild west it's the wild west yeah (laughs) well the reason that stocks and especially American stocks have been so successful is because they're like regulated as hell Mm. so people can trust them to some extent Mm. that's actually something that we were um talking about in the meeting that I had on Monday with the um legal working group for blockchain New Zealand is that um, there's a New Zealand, like there was, I suppose, a New Zealand specific example is that the FMA, which is like a principles based legislation and kind of sets out the fundamentals, is backed up by a whole lot of government guidance. And there's obviously heaps of government violence, uh, government guidance on existing traditional finance um, entities and um, industries. But crypto is like, there's literally nothing apart from that inquiry that. Um, that the New Zealand government did a couple of years ago and there's a select committee report and an MB report, there is not that much in the way of guidance for businesses. And so, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of going down a tangent here, but it's so much more expensive to set up your business if there's no guidance because your legal costs are like astronomical and you end up with advice that isn't really backed up by much um like government advice and so you don't really know if you get into trouble whether it's going to stick so oh i had no idea literally yeah it's so it's fascinating regulations (laughs) (laughs) anything can be made interesting pardon i I think anything can be made interesting like if you really like excel at it it's just like you can make it totally and I yeah. think if you're like academically curious, like you can end up down some like pretty crazy holes and pretty niche holes. And um, I don't know if you, if you love to learn, it's 
that's it is just the way it is and you're the same <laughs> mine is just like expressing more at the moment <laughs> I'm making myself sound like a total nerd <laughs> yeah oh, all right I think that's us on FTX um, yeah would be fun to make another one of these once there's more info and see like what happens yeah yeah so far any of our like impacts uh impact kind of predictions were true maybe we should come back and do that later at a later date <laughs> yeah anyway stay tuned we are going to be releasing another podcast with two more lawyers and yes. i'm going to be the odd sheep in the room <laughs> I'm like little dumb sheep <laughs> oh you're gonna bring perspective and I mean I'm I'm not very we're, we're going to be talking to them about uh James Cochran and Kizia Denhart from um from Stace Hammond and now Lane Neve James has just moved over to Lane Neve uh we're going to be talking to them about relationship property and how that interacts with crypto and I'm very excited to learn more about that because I don't know a whole lot about relationship property and it's notoriously in law school pretty <laughs> I don't even know what relationship property is. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, like relationship property is just like, you know, w- why people sign prenups and what the statutory rules oh. and stuff are about distribution of property after death or divorce. So mm. good old family law where all the good stories happen. <laughs> <laughs> Again, not funny at all, but very sad. But if you're a nerd, you'll love it. <laughs> Okay, well, looking forward to talking about relationship property. (laughs) I'll do some research. Okay. All right, signing off. Signing off. See you later, guys. Bye.